Okay, looking at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version Bible. Uh, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Again, may God add his blessings to the reading of his word. As I always tried to do when I was pastoring, uh, whenever a a text of scripture would come up that that dealt primarily with an element of of our theological beliefs, uh, I I didn't just read over that. I I wanted to recognize that fact. And, And this particular portion of scripture is one that many times when we talk about the Advent Christian belief of soul sleep, uh, people raise this up. What about you know absence of the body present with the Lord? And and I look at this, and, and it is a text that uh, as the Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and recognizing the difficulties of life, that uh, he speaks to a, a reality of, of losing this life and seemingly stepping into our reward. And as I look at this, I, I think of the other writings of Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, and how he talks about the second coming of Christ, the judgment and entering into the kingdom of God. And, and I think that we have to realize that the sensation of this life and the beginning of uh, the resurrection and coming to Christ is going to be a moment uh, in, in that very moment. The next thing we know will be that. Now, not erasing the fact that, that people will use this verse and, and it does give us some trouble. But when you take the whole context of what Paul is sharing, uh, I believe the our belief in, in uh, dying and, and resting in Christ until the second coming of Christ and then the judgment taking place falls in with this. And certainly verse 10 adds to that as well. So I just wanted to preference that and, and realize that this is one of those verses that, that we do take into, into account with all of that. Um, as we begin today, you know, we, we see this. I think Paul primarily is speaking uh, to a church in Corinth that... Um, is struggling in so many different ways. Uh, and, and I think about in our lives that, that we struggle with God's will. Uh, there have been many times in, in our ministry, Karen and I have wanted God just to reveal to us, what's the path? You know, what, what's, what's the course that we're taking? Um, but so many times, God doesn't, most of the time, God doesn't open the full future to us. He, he may open uh, just a short segment of that for us to know the leading and guidance that he gives to us and the next steps that we're called to do. Um, in my own personal life, you know, I, I think back even going, uh, leaving Savannah, Georgia, going up to Berkshire Christian College, uh, wrestling uh, my senior year in high school, uh, if God wanted me to do that or not. And, uh, you know, praying and, uh, you know, having the company I was working for make an offer for me to stay and maybe go to a local school for a couple of years or whatever and just continue to work for them uh, and just pray, God, you know, make it clear to me. And I got a letter in the mail from Berkshire Christian College and uh, just an anonymous gift had been given in my name to pay my first year's tuition to Berkshire. Uh, I kind of took that from God. Okay, God, you're paving the way. Uh, that's my that's my next step. I'm, I'm going to go to Berkshire. I'm going to do that. And he blessed us through the blessings of my parents. Uh, Karen and I got married after my second year. We graduated from Berkshire, graduated from Reformed, and we were blessed not to owe anybody anything. And a lot of that goes to the blessings and giving of our parents 
as well as him providing jobs and, and doing different ways. But God really kind of showed me a step-by-step process in doing that. And as Paul's talking about here, you know, the, the struggle we have with knowing the will of God, uh, you know, just looking back, I see that, that God was right uh, in not uh, revealing a long span of what his will was because I probably couldn't have handled it uh, knowing what was coming in a year, knowing what was coming next in, in a lot of different ways. He just kind of opened a little bit at a time. And I think back going away to Berkshire, and I had four years of college that I was going to do. Peter told me then I was then going to go on and, and do two and a half years in seminary. Boy, I don't know that I could have handled that. But, uh, you know, he, he opened it up a path at a time. Clarity of the future is something that um, it can paralyze us if, if we know too much uh, in, in the future. So I think God knows what he's doing in, in revealing our future just in small segments and revealing his purpose uh, for our lives. And as Paul is writing here to a people who had, who had faced so much in their struggle over their faith, uh, we remember 1 Corinthians as he wrote to them and, and the battles that they were going through, the struggles within the church that they were, they were facing uh, with, with sin there, with uh, uh, false teachers that were taking place there, with struggles within the church uh, that they were having to deal with and, and seeking God. They desired in their, in their lives to serve and to worship and to please God. So here he wants us to be of good courage in our struggle, that, that we live on this earth in, in our bodies because, uh, you know, it's, it's not our home. It's, you know, we're, our home is to seek to be uh, with the Lord in, in the kingdom of God. Um, in other passages, he talks about us uh, being aliens in a foreign land. <clears throat> you know, so here is he, is he, is he speaks about the body and, uh, you know, our ultimate desire. Uh, you know, as Christians, uh, our hope is in the coming of the Lord. Uh, through this whole stay-at-home process, uh, I've, I've uh, seen a lot of people writing on Facebook and different things about this being signs of the end of the time. You know, we see a lot of calamity within our world that uh, comes out of Jesus saying, these are the birth pains. These are the things that are going to happen. And, you know, I say, Lord, you know, come quickly. Uh, it, it would be great for the, the kingdom of God to be ushered in. And if you know Jesus, that's a wonderful thing. And I think that's a lot of what, what Paul is talking about here, about being of good courage and, and the faith in that. We, we live on this earth and in our bodies because... Uh, this is where God has put us, but it's not our home. You know, once we come to know Christ, we become citizens of the kingdom of God. And we're living here looking towards that in a, in a very powerful and real sense of a day-to-day -day life. So as we look at this, I, I want us to think of that, that we're living uh, this life in faith in Christ and, and not always by sight. We're living it, trusting the Lord in, in so many uh, ways in our life. So, uh, as we think about that living in faith, the passage that came to my mind this after, this morning as I was studying was from Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, it's kind of a hall of fame of faith, this, this chapter. And uh, you know, I, I think of Paul as he's writing here to the Corinthian church, and you know, he's talking here, uh, therefore always be of good courage, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we're thinking in this mindset of the Hall of Fame of faith of those who have lived in previous times in, in the Old Testament and how they have lived looking forward in faith and trusting God with the circumstances they were in. So we see in Hebrews 11 verses 1 to 3, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. 
For by it the people of old received their commendations. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the, by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And then verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So many times when, when we read the Bible and, and we're challenged by by what it's calling us to do or what it's teaching, you we want God, we want to say to God, Lord, show me the truth and then I'll believe. You show me and then I'll believe. But what we're called to is to trust and obey. And and uh, then God will show us. He'll, he'll show us the way in a very powerful sense. So in Hebrews 11, this hall of fame of faith considers the walk of those, the, the faith giants of the past. And I want to take just a few minutes as we, as we look at this passage to kind of step back and see how God revealed this to various ones there. Again, you know, primarily looking back to 2 Corinthians 5 and, and talking about being a good cheer and, and, and knowing that we walk by faith and not by sight. And these are examples of walking by faith. So first off, in, in Hebrews 11, verse 7, it says, uh, it talks about Noah uh, and, and giving in to God's will in our lives. It says, verse 7, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Now, now think about Noah there in Genesis 6, uh, verses 8 to 10. It, it talks about Noah being found in favor with God, he and his three sons, and talks about the lineage of their lives. God, God told Noah this calamity was coming. He told him to build an ark. You know, I, I think about that, and Scripture says it had never rained on the face of the earth. But and, and Noah's there, and, and he's among the people, and God says, I want you to build an ark because through you I'm going to save the world. And, and Noah began to build the ark, he and his three sons. And, and the ridicule from the people, you know, what are you building a, a boat here in the middle of the desert? Uh, you know, what's going to happen? It's never rained. Water's never risen here. You know, and, and we're told that uh, the rain used to come in, in kind of a mist at that point in time or the uh, water in the earth. But he did all this because God commanded him. He, he's giving in to God's will for his life. Even if he can't see the end, he's trusting God because God's told him to do something. You know, we're told in scriptures that, that God laid out the plans to Noah uh, on how to build the ark and what wood to use and what size and dimensions uh, it was going to be. All these things um, God had laid out. So Noah responded to that in, in giving in his will to God's will. Uh, to do exactly what God had told him to do. In the time we act on what God says in Scripture in our lives, uh, we may not see clearly, but by faith we act. We, we do those things that, that may not even seem smart from a worldly standpoint that, to reach out. In, in Luke chapter 6, 27 to 29, and, uh, it says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. You know, so many times, you know, Scripture tells us things, and, and the world doesn't even understand how we could live that way and, and how we could react to it. Uh, I, I think in, in our ministry uh, at Hickory Grove, uh, 
God had blessed us in the ministry there. The church had grown and we were looking to, to build a new facility. God had literally provided miraculously a piece of land attached to the land that, that our current uh, church was sitting on. And we had developed plans and uh, a building committee had worked hard and we had begun to go to the banks. And at one point, one of the banks had called back and literally said, we think you're making a big mistake. We think that you're stretching yourself too thin. Your project is too big uh, with the number of people you have. We think you're putting your, your ministry, your church in jeopardy to do this. Now, I, I, I don't deal in those uh, amounts. Certainly didn't back then, uh, maybe more so now as a, in ACGC's perspective, but you know, I, I just didn't deal with that back then. And so we took it. We took it to the board. We took it to the building committee, uh, the, our treasurer. And I kind of laid out what the letter said to them. And as the pastor, I said, we need to go to prayer. I said, if we're making a mistake, we know we need God to show us that. And we need to stop because the bank basically said, you need to scale back your plans. You need to, to cut this down to make it a budget that you that you can hold to. So we went to prayer that night and, and we began to pray and uh, spent a good bit of time just praying. We had finished up. Uh, I asked the question individually across the across to each person that was there. Uh, what do you think? Do you, how do you feel led in this? And every every man and every woman that was on those committees and board uh, came back and said, "We think we're in God's will. You know, God's not given us a spirit of fear here." So we proceeded, and we did find some funding. Uh, we built the church. We had a fundraising drive. And six years later, uh, I, had, I had since uh, gone on and, and was pastoring down at the village, but I was privileged to be called back. Six years after we finished that facility, we burnt the note. And I talked to some of the deacons that, that uh, I had served with, and there was some warning to go back to that bank and say, see, na 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 na, you know, God is bigger than what you thought. But, but the reality was, it wasn't us that did this, it was God. And it was merely a matter of, of turning over to him and trusting that God was going to make this happen in a real way. And he did. Uh, and, you know, I, I think back, uh, you know, we had, I don't know, a couple of hundred different individuals uh, readily giving to make that happen. But, you know, I think back of, of raising probably close to three quarters of a million dollars over a six year period to pay that off and to pay the interest off. And I don't know how we did it except that God did it, you know, and he did it by us acting in faith to him. So it's just a powerful reality for us to come to that point of, of knowing God and giving into his will, not ours, not even in terms of human uh, understanding, but truly leaning on what he leads us to do. Secondly, we see in a passage there in Hebrews uh, is Abraham. Uh, and in uh, verses 8 to 10, there it says, By faith Abraham obey, obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out, and not knowing where he was going, by faith he went to live in the land of promise as a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose design and builder is God. Abraham was giving up to do God's will. He, he gave up his homeland. He gave up his, his heritage in the land that he lived in. And by faith, 
he followed what God told him to do. He was called to give up the familiar back in, in Genesis chapter 12, to leave home and to go to a new land, a promised land. We're even told that, that uh, as, as God was leading him, that God called him up uh, to the mountain and he was to sacrifice his son, Isaac, uh, his only son. And this was the son that God had promised him that all the other promises that God had given him was going to come through Isaac. And he went up on the mountain with Isaac and he laid him on the altar and he was ready to sacrifice him. Uh, again, in Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who had received the promises, was an act of offering up his only son, of whom he was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. He acted on faith, believing God uh, and God's promises through Isaac, but he didn't hold it back. Again, here's Abraham giving up to do God's will, to trust in God completely. What, what's God calling us to give to him in our lives? Are we willing to, to lay it on the altar? Uh, maybe it's our job, you know, maybe it's time, maybe it's treasures that we have. Maybe it's the priorities that we place in life and in our day-to-day -day existence and, and how they rate among our priority of living. We say, Lord, we're giving it over to you. You use it however you want to use it. It's on the altar right now. And God blesses through our surrender to him to, to bless us in, in a very powerful way. Thirdly, again, in Hebrews 11, uh, another great uh, patriarch is Moses, uh, 11, 24 to 28. By, Mos by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of heaven, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Moses was giving away to obey God's will. He gave away his place in, in Pharaoh's house. He gave away his heritage of being one of the rulers of Egypt to step into the role that God had for him in a very real sense. Moses gave up his position. He trusted God. Uh, and Moses wasn't perfect. You know, when, when he found out uh, in his life that, that he was an Israelite, that his mother had put him in the basket and that Pharaoh's daughter had rescued him, and uh, he made some very drastic mistakes. You know, he, he killed the Egyptian for beating a, a Hebrew. Uh, he fled away in fear of his life. But God called him back, and, and even that was a point of, of obedience. He, he left a, a family. Uh, he left his father-in-law. And he came back uh, to to lead the people. And in that, he recognized his own limitations. You know, he said, I, I don't speak so well. You know, and God gave to him Aaron to stand beside him. But he trusted God. He gave up. He gave away to do that. Trusting through God's hands, uh, Moses led the people. He, he Through the plagues, through the Passover, through the wilderness. What a powerful lesson of giving up, giving away our securities, uh, again, in our lives. What does it mean for us? God doesn't promise us everything's going to be perfect. And certainly, you know, we're living today. 
uh, we're living with this virus that's going on in our world around us. We live day to day with uncertainty of, of what tomorrow might hold. There are a lot of questions that we have of, you know, how are we going to make it through this financially? How are we going to make it through if if we get the virus? You know, uh, you know, real struggle for Karen and I is, is living here in Charlotte and our grandkids and our daughter uh, living in Houston. My mom in, is in Birmingham. Her parents are, are down in uh, Fernandina Beach, you know, and, and, and we think, what if they get the virus? We really can't even go there to them, um, you know, and, and if we can, should we? You know, all those different struggles that are there, but but we trust in God, that God is sovereign, and, and I'm able to, to totally depend on him in my life. So this application then coming again from 2 Corinthians 5, let's read it again. Therefore, being always of good courage, knowing that while we, at, we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, also we have as an ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. You know, let's, let's remember in this that to be of good courage. You know, it, it's not for us as Christians. And, and I applaud what I've seen from, from pastors and spiritual leaders. I, I love listening to Max Lucado and his, his testimonies. You know, we shouldn't be running around, uh, you know, crying out in fear constantly. You know, the, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, the world's going to come to an end. Uh, in the reality that we trust, we trust God. We trust what we're, we're living right now in our lives, that God is in control. So we are a good courage that we are trusting him day to day, that his will is going to come out in, in this world, that, that we have a future home. The kingdom of God is coming. And this living in the body, but desiring to be with the Lord. Yes, Lord, come quickly. That great reunion day is going to be a wonderful, powerful, great thing. And we look forward to that. Uh, but in all of this, our desire is to please God to please him in the way that we live within the body right now. You know, how does the world see us living? Does it see us wanting to please God? Does it see us reaching out to our neighbors and friends? Does it see us within the family of God, loving one another and caring for one another on a day-to-day -day basis? To be pleasing to God, to, be, to, to face the judgment, the great white throne judgment when uh, God brings us before him. Uh, I, I want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant. But I rejoice in, in the fact that I do know my name is written in the book of life, that my citizenship in the kingdom is, is assured. But I want to stand before God and, and him to look at Steve Lawson and, and the deeds that I've done and that I've been faithful, that I've pleased him day to day in, in all that I've done. Hebrews chapter 12 again, just to close with, with this mind. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Be of good courage. Yes, we live in the body here, and it's not what the kingdom's going to be. 
But we're able to experience the presence of God in our lives right here, even living in this earthly body, in this earthly vessel. The Holy Spirit indwells us and guides us and leads us. God reveals his will to us, and we walk by faith in him. Not, not knowing all the future, not knowing all the sight of what's ahead, but trusting God and trusting that he's leading us. And I praise God for that. Just a word of encouragement in these days when we really don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. We don't know how long we're going to have to stay in our homes, how long we're not going to be able to be out and doing our business like we normally would do. But we can trust God because he is faithful. And no matter what's happening in our world, he's still God and we rest in him. May God bring you peace this knowledge. Just a quick prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the words of Paul here as he's writing to the church in Corinth and the struggles that they're facing. Lord, the struggles that we face right now, that we are, Lord, in this body, but Lord, it's, it's not the ultimate place for our eternal home. We long to be with you, but you're faithful to us right here, and I pray that you would make yourself known in a great way. Bless us now. Strengthen us by your grace in Jesus' name. Amen.